The purpose of these seminars is to come to realize more fully the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Ultimately, this leads to what we call being prayed over for the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Baptism in the Holy Spirit is not a sacrament, but it helps us to realize more fully the gift we have received in baptism. John the Baptist told us, when Jesus comes, he will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and in fire. And when he does it, he does a good job. I'm giving you the first of these seminars, and each seminar is an incremental step for coming to realize the fullness of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We know so little of what he wants to share with us. I want to begin by simply saying that if you want to know anything about God's love, I would always begin with the Gospel of John. And the reason is simple. When John was composing his Gospels, he lived under the same roof with Mary for many years. So you had an outstanding consultant. I believe the difference between the Synoptic Gospels and St. John's Gospel is the contemplative dimension given it through Mary. The other apostles, the other Gospels, tell us of episodes in Jesus' life. John takes us to another plane and shows us the contemplative depth of what Jesus is really doing. With the best of reasons, he is called the beloved disciple. Most capable of teaching us about God's love. In a few minutes, we will take a look at some of the intimate things that Jesus shares about his relationship with the Father in the Gospel of John. And that's an intimacy he wants all of us to experience. When we think of God's love for us, we always have to begin with the love of the Most Holy Trinity. That is the source of all love. So consider for a moment the only thing existing, the Trinity, eternally existing, forever. And then finally God decided to move outside of the Trinity into creation. So consider this movement outside of the Trinity like a spaceship that God sent out when he created the angels, the saints, heaven, when he created the earth, the entire universe. From all eternity, the Father loved the Son and poured his divinity in the Son, who in turn returned that love to the Father in filial obedience. The intense love they shared from all eternity is nothing less than the person of the Holy Spirit. It is the internal life and the glory of God. So when God decided to extend his glory outside of the most holy trinity, through the eternal word, he created the universe. So as I mentioned, let us visualize creation as a spaceship 
sent forth from God and on its return. So you and I are on our return back to the Holy Trinity where we came from. That's important to know. So there's a twofold movement, the going forth from creation and then the return of creation back to the Holy Trinity, known as redemption. With the creation of the angels and mankind and giving them free will, two tragedies happened. The angels, many of them, rebelled. And there were myriads and myriads of angels. So about one-third, Scripture seems to tell us, was cast down to the earth. Myriads and myriads is more than hundreds of millions and billions. So there's enough of those fallen angels to go around. <laughs> Secondly, when Adam and Eve rebelled, God sent his eternal word to become flesh and therefore to offer man a challenge, a, a chance of adoption. First, God has sent, sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for our salvation. Then he sent the Holy Spirit to descend upon the church in order to offer mankind a chance to return to the Father. And that's what we're caught up in. And God has given us the fullness of the Spirit, not just for our return. God has given us the fullness of the Spirit so we can in turn bring a lot of others here. I'm here tonight because of Bob and Sue Capstick <laughs> and how they witnessed over 40, 40 years ago. I'm so grateful to them. And I'm sure that so many people can say that about you. So we want to contemplate the love that the Trinity wants us to experience now and for all eternity. And who can better tell us this than Jesus and the Holy Spirit through the words of St. John the Evangelist? In one succinct sentence, the evangelist sums up all four Gospels when he tells us, For God so loved the world that he gave us his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. God wants us all in his kingdom for all eternity. The Gospels are the Holy Trinity's love story to mankind. On the night before he died, Christ opened his heart and our hearts to the great love the Most Holy Trinity has for us. Jesus tells us, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Live on in my love. Now think of that for a moment. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now the Father loved Jesus from all eternity. And Jesus is saying to each of you, that's how much I love you, as much as the Father loved me. And as much as the Father loves me, that's how much the Father loves you. And I think, wow. I would really like to experience his love in a deeper way. Because I think he thinks more of us than we do of ourselves. <laughs> I think he... Um, if we experience the fullness of the Holy Spirit, if we really allow ourselves to be loved by the Father, then when people say something to us, it wouldn't bother us anymore. 
<laughs> Who cares what you say? I'm only concerned about what the Father says and what Jesus says. So just think of how it would change my life if I really felt as loved by the Father and Jesus as they love me. Just think of what it would mean in my daily life if I were aware of the Father's love for me. It would surely mean that my attitude toward myself and my attitude towards others would drastically change because I would want to love them as much as the Father loves them. And I want to love them as much as I'd love to be with the Father. And I want to love them with Jesus' love. Jesus goes on to say, he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. And another place he says, and we will come and dwell within him. Just think of that. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit taking up residence within us in baptism. There's something that I just became aware of recently through Father um, Quantum Lessa, and that is we have to make sure that evangelization always precedes sacramentality. We have to always make sure that evangelization precedes getting people involved in the sacraments. Because if we don't, then the Holy Spirit may not be released in our baptism. In other words, we need to give them Jesus before we baptize them. Now you may say, what about babies? Well, if you listen to Father Quantum Lessa, we really shouldn't baptize babies unless the parents have a commitment to live that life out. Otherwise, they go up with a formality of even going to church without knowing the Holy Spirit, without knowing God, without knowing Jesus. And so they go through the formality, and then later on, when they don't have the power to live up to Christ's teachings because nobody, nobody ever introduced them to Christ, then they see the Catholic Church as a place of rules. Why? Because we didn't give them the Holy Spirit. And so that is so important to know. So the Trinity is inviting us to experience the intimacy they have with each other. It is the mission of Jesus and the Holy Spirit to, as it were, scoop us up on their return to, to the Father. <coughs> Not only that, but in the intimacy of the Last Supper, he also told them that he was praying not only for his disciples, but also for those that would come to believe through their teaching. That means your children, your children's children, your friends, anyone you share with. Jesus prayed that they would be open to what you say in the Spirit. That means you and I have Jesus praying for us before the Father. I will take his intercession anytime. To think that he is before the Father tonight, praying for you 
And not just for you, but for all those people you're going to share your faith with. He's praying for you that when you share it with them, the word will continue. This is God's self-interest. <laughs> so, when you and I open our hearts to a deeper awareness of his love, our very presence evangelizes others. We don't even have to say a word. God's word in us says it all. Others recognize that what they see in us does not come from us. Here's a lady who went to a Life and Spirit seminar. The night she was prayed over for the baptism of the Spirit, the person said, whatever you do, do not tell your spouse he has to come. Just smile. <laughs> she went home, didn't say a word, she just smiled. He said, I don't know what you got, but I want it. <laughs> That's evangelization. <laughs> Making people jealous of the joy that you, they have, they see in you. They want that joy. They were built for that joy. And now you're saying it's available. Isn't that good news? Some 40 years ago, uh, thanks to Bob and Sue Kapstick and also um, uh, Paul and Urbanski, um, um, Paul and Chris Urbanski, um, they are the ones who <laughs> Um, introduced me to a life in spirit. So some 40 years ago, I walked into the prayer meeting at Visitation Academy on a Saturday night, and that experience changed my life forever. I will never forget that experience. When I walked in, it was so quiet, you could hear a pin drop. And I said to the Lord, Lord, these people are more aware of your presence than they are at my Sunday Mass. And a sense I had from the Lord, that's a surprise to you, but not to me. <laughs> It was really true. And I knew instantly what I was doing wrong in preaching. I was giving them theology. But I was not giving them the word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. I was not giving them the Holy Spirit. So the next morning, when they sat down to do their 12-minute grin and bear thing while I <laughs> give the homily, <laughs> I said, I need to apologize to you. They all looked up. And I said, I need to apologize to you because I've been teaching you correctly, but I've not been sharing with you the power of the Holy Spirit. So this morning, if you wouldn't mind, I told them, bow your head, try not to fall asleep, and I'm going to pray over the readings today. And when I did that, all their heads came up. and got so quiet you could hear a pin drop, and I got scared, but I kept on going. <laughs> Through the rest of the Mass, they looked at me, they turned... You know, they had to look around the person in front of them to see me. They went and watched me. It was, it was eerie, scary. And so any, at the end of Mass, I had been preaching for seven years, and no one ever shook my hand and said, that was a wonderful homily, and I understand why. <laughs> <laughs> but this morning, with tears in their eyes, they said, we feel like we've been back in church again. Why don't you do that again sometime? And it was wonderful. From then on, I felt that throughout the Mass, they were riveted on the altar. I knew the Holy Spirit was doing something wonderful in my life. Once I took the Life in the Spirit seminar and was baptized in the Holy Spirit, I felt loved like I never felt loved before. That night, I knew inside 
I was loved for who I am, not for what I can do, not just for what I can do. I was loved for who I am. And that excited me so much, I got up the next morning, an hour earlier, to read the love letters we read in, in Mass every day. And those love letters meant so much. And that was 5.30 in the morning. So when parishioners started seeing the lights on at 5.30, they knocked on the door and said, why don't you open it up for us also? So about a dozen people came every morning. We got in the sacristy, and we sang a song. We read the first reading and sat in silence. If somebody had something to share, they'd share it. Then we'd do the same thing with the second reading. We grew so much spiritually from that experience. And it all began with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So this is the love that every one of us here tonight who is baptized in spirit wishes to share with others. Do you know that the Father loves you as much as he loves Jesus? Do you know that Jesus loves you as much as he loves the Father? So often, we compare God's love for us with the love of our parents. But there's simply no comparison. I don't care how good our parents are. They can forgive, but can they forget? <laughs> they want to. They want to. But with God, it's completely different. God has never had a negative attitude towards you. God has never had a negative attitude toward you. He looks at you with compassion. And he says, I got what you need. I got more, I got more forgiveness than you have sins. I got far more mercy than you have sins. And that's what I want. I want to use it. I want to invest it. So tell people first about my mercy before you tell them about some of the other teachings. Let them experience the joy of being forgiven and how it sets their spirit free very deep inside. That's life-changing. That's heart-changing. So, that's how God is. With God, there's no tinge of resentment at all. As far as the east is from the west and the north is from the south, I put your sins behind me and I remember them no more. And if they be red as scarlet, I will make them whiter than snow. It doesn't get any better than that. <laughs> that does not mean that he's not disappointed when we sin. He weeps over our sins, but he loves us. You can weep over a daughter or a son that you love, but that disappointed you. He grieves when we sin, but he's ready to renew us totally with his mercy so we can start totally afresh. When we allow God to love us as he desires to love us, he overwhelms us for loving us, not for what we do, but for who we are. He made us in his own image and likeness. He thought he did a good job, so why do we try to remake ourselves? We are his beloved children. And he loves us as he loves himself. To really feel God's love is to feel totally free from the inside out. There was a Chinese evangelist 
When he discovered this, he opened the windows and shouted out over China, <laughs> God loves you, God loves you, God loves you, God loves you. In the intimacy of the Last Supper, he also told his disciples, greater love than this is no one that he laid down his life for his friends. You are my friends because I've revealed to you everything I've heard from my Father. Intimacy comes from mutually sharing heart knowledge. When a husband and wife share intimate heart knowledge, they share intimate affections with each other. Jesus is very intimate with the Father, and he has shared that intimacy with us through his word and through his death on Calvary. He desires a life of intimacy with us for all eternity. And that's why when people find it hard to forgive, they're wrapped up in the imagination of uh, the visions, the, Im the images they have of what someone else has done for them. I say, get out of that because Satan reigns there. What you need to do is visualize what's coming. So in 100 years from now, this person isn't going to be around the way he is now. So in 100 years from now, visualize this person having a ball in the midst of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And in a billion years from now, that's going to even be greater. When we do that, it's so easy to forgive because <laughs> we're, we're using God's love to simply pour it on them. Once in the afternoon, June the 2nd, about two years ago, Pope Francis met in Olympic Stadium in Rome with 52,000 people for a national convocation of renewal in the spirit. He urged them never to lose the freedom of the Holy Spirit, which, which the Holy Spirit gives them. He affirmed them, and he said that the renewal in the spirit is a great force in the service of the proclamation of the gospel in the joy of the Holy Spirit. First of all, he said, conversion to the love of Jesus changes life and makes a Christian witness to God's love. I hope that you will share with all in the church the grace of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I expect from you an evangelization with the word of God that proclaims that Jesus lives and loves all mankind, end of quote. Before that, on the Feast of Pentecost in 2008, Pope Benedict said, I wish every Catholic were baptized in the Holy Spirit. Did you know there are over 100 million now? That's a lot in 50 years. There are over 100 million that have experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And Pope Benedict is saying, I wish every Catholic had this experience. And by the way, if our Catholics really were evangelized and experienced the baptism in the Holy Spirit, so many of them would not seek it in other churches. So I'm so happy that you're here tonight and want to share with you a greater love um, than the world has ever known. Tonight is the first step. In a nutshell, here are the things we're facing. Christ died on the cross to take away our sins. We are baptized into Christ 
we're not saved automatically. We need to ratify our baptism by choosing, choosing Jesus as our Lord, as the Lord of our life. If we are not evangelized to know Jesus, how can we ratify our baptism? We have to know Jesus so that that baptism can be activated. That means living in the power of the Holy Spirit, living in the power of Jesus. You know, I consider Pentecost to be an explosion of the Holy Trinity upon the church. <laughs> Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I just pictured him saying, we're going to dunk you in this, <laughs> and you'll never be the same. <laughs> when we surrender our lives more deeply to Jesus in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we experience the Holy Spirit drawing us closer to Jesus. That is such a profound sense of joy and peace. The scriptures and Holy Mass become more alive for us. We experience a greater spontaneity in praying all the scriptures. I know all of you have experienced this, you know it, but I'm reminding you of it so you can tell others. We experience a deeper personal relationship with God, and this fills us with incredible joy. So, there are six more seminars to come. I encourage you to go each of them, bring your friends to each of them, listen carefully what the Lord is doing in the hearts of those around you, listen carefully how the Holy Spirit, how the Lord is touching your heart when you hear the witness of others. Remember the two disciples on the way to Emmaus? They were walking away from the crucifixion because they couldn't take it. They wanted to get, they wanted to distance themselves from that. And he catches up with them and turns them around to go back. And then they said, we're not our hearts burning inside of us as it revealed the scriptures to us. And that's what happens with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. During the coming weeks, speak to Jesus intimately and keep it simple. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, would you show me the Father? That would be great. Jesus, help me to love myself as much as you love me. Help me to live, love those I live with as much as you love them. That would make life much more easy. Jesus, I just want you to fill me with the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, help me to live a changed life. Jesus, help me to welcome your mercy into the depths of my heart. Remember that as you come to each of these seminars that Jesus is before the Father praying for you preparing you for the baptism in the Holy Spirit. He's excited that you're here tonight because he's already looking to the fruits of what he's going to use you for and bringing others to him. He wants to launch you more deeply into the Life in the Spirit seminar. Ultimately, he wants to launch you right into the heart of the Father. Amen. God bless you.